What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well done. And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, your favorite Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys. By the fans, that is us. As always, intro and outro music provided by Park and Main. Check them out over at parkandmain.bandcamp.com. They need a different website because that is a mouthful to say. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay Paul. At Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. Give us a follow us or hit us up on Twitter. And if you listen on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, etc., 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 rate, review, and subscribe. All right. All right. So, now that Paul got his Espo reference out of the way, that was, <laughs> that was fantastic. That threw me off. Threw me off a touch, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, since the last Fanning the Flames episode, oh my gosh, episode, the Suns are in the midst of a six-game homestand. They are three games into that. They are two and one. So far, I predicted six and zero, big shocker, but I'm I'm close so far. I'm close. Five and one, five and one is going to be very close to six and zero. So, uh, so far they're two and one with wins against previously undefeated Philadelphia 76ers, the not so much undefeated Brooklyn Nets, and I call them Brooklyn instead of New Jersey this time. I'm proud nice. of myself, nice. and a loss against the Miami Heat. So, right off the bat. Yeah, We don't want to talk about those games in great detail. Everybody out there probably has their own lovely thoughts about those games. But Paul, any takeaways from those three games that you want to quickly delve into, focus on, discuss? Um, honestly, I think the biggest takeaway for me was just the fact that after the, um, the pretty bad loss to the Heat, um, you would expect from the last eight years of Suns ball that that would be like a demoralizing loss for the Suns teams and they would kind of come out and suck the next game. And the opposite happened. They they came out and they were focused both offensively and defensively. Um, and they just really took it to the Brooklyn Nets, which I really enjoyed because I just really, really, really despise Kyrie Irving. He's like probably in my top five players I dislike the most. Really? Irrationally so, yeah. Why? I just don't like the way he plays. Is it because I mean, is it because he's a flat earther? No, that just is icing on I the mean, cake. I mean, that should be reason, but so I, icing on the cake is no. But I, I didn't like him before that. I just, I don't like the way he's not a team basketball player. That's fair. And when there was talk of him being on the Suns, is I was vehemently opposed to it or like the Suns possibly training for him. I just did not want him on the team. I don't think he's, I think LeBron carried him. The only reason he is a winner is because I think LeBron could have had a better team in Cleveland without Kyrie Irving. If he had, if he had Andrew Wiggins instead of Kyrie Irving, I think they would have been just as good, if not better. Ooh. Okay. I, 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 that seems insane to me, but okay. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. I don't I know takes. what else to say about that. <laughs> I mean, you say you say LeBron Karen, but to be fair, 
they don't win that title without Kyrie busting out in Game Seven. But that's to a whole different whole different conversation for a whole different podcast. Kyrie I, Irving can win you an individual game. Kyrie Irving cannot win you a a season. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. And I I, I need to I I just need to point this out. Tangent, tangent, tangent. Speaking of flat earthers. So yeah. there was a period of time, about four days in a row, give or take. Where you probably were flat about, No, probably about a month ago, <laughs> where I, driving into work, followed a truck, like a pickup truck, that had like a little, like, uh, you know, pickup trucks, they have the, the thing that covers the bed of the truck. What's that called? Like, I don't know, like almost like a camper bed cover? thing. Sure, a bed cover. I don't <laughs> know. Um, on the back of the pickup truck, though, it will, there was, we're in, there was in big... Black letters, Earth is flat and stationary, quote, trust your senses, end quote. Yeah, I followed that in multiple days in a row. I, in fact, meant to tweet that out because one day I took a picture of it. There it is. And I didn't. But I'll tweet it out this time because Kyrie and this person in the white pickup truck with the bed cover are apparently big flat earthers. Anyway, my takeaway from those three games... Um, I don't really have a huge takeaway besides from that Heat game. And I know you don't want to talk about the Heat game, but I'll talk about the Heat game because the Suns lost the game. They lost the game by 16. They were down big. They cut it back down to one or two. Then they got back down big again. They made a run, ended up losing again by 16 points. That's a game where once the Suns were in a hole last season, that, that game's loss. That's a 35-point loss. Maybe they, True. Maybe they get down by 40 and then bring it back to 20, and then lose by 35, something like that. But they didn't do that. And, and at the end of the day, <coughs> I, I looked at that game, and, and you can see one thing that was incredibly clear, outside of the fact that Jimmy Butler had a ridiculous first half, but the Heat were making shots, and Dragic, hey, kudos to Goran, great second half. That's a guy who, even though he's not on the Suns, I can't bring myself to not like. Yeah, I'll always like Dragic. I, 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 Dave, Dave King had tweeted out that after the game, he saw Goran in the tunnel and like said, hey, what's up to him? And he commented about how great of a guy Goran was. And I tweeted back to Dave and I was like, did he say hi back though? And he goes, of course he did. I go, damn it. I was just looking for something to like make me, give me a reason to not like Dragic, but I can't. Um, but he had a great second half. It's like trying to get a reason to not like Nash. Right, exactly, exactly. Or or Robert Sarver. Everybody loves him, so same difference. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, the Heat were making shots a game the Suns weren't, and that, yeah. that, that's really what that game boiled down to, and that's going to happen. Every team offensively is going to have an off night, and if for the Suns, that would And the Suns been, were a little lax on defense. Yeah, okay, fair, but if, 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 the te- if a team's going to have an off night and it happens once every... Eight games, like it was with the Suns, with that being their eighth game of the year. If I'm not right, mistaken. and I mean it's not like then, Miami's not good. Right, I mean Miami they're, is a they're good They're six team. three is what six and three as well. Yeah, so. but but they're going to have those off nights, and if they're going to have them, it's better to have them once every two weeks as opposed to once every game, which right. is basically what the Suns did last year. But here's here's the thing about that Miami game to me that what came, what came out of it to me was. How quickly Suns fans Oh, here we go. I'm going to go. Assumed we should have won that game. Oh. Walked oh, into the game oh. thinking we got we're going to win this. 
I thought you were going to say something that was going to make me mad. No. No, you're not. No. No, and that and that's great. And that's the, that's the beautiful thing about being a Suns fan right now, dude. That is the fucking most beautiful thing about it is we can sit there and we can look at the schedule. We've got Boston coming I, up on Monday. There's not an assumed you know loss what? on that schedule. You know what? <laughs> we're going to win that game. I can just say that and I'm not I'm not I'm not sounding like I a may not say we're going to win that game, but I'm going to say we have a good shot at Let winning that game. Let me put it like this. <laughs> Paul, we're going to win that game. Do you think I'm a crazy person for saying that? No. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you don't sound like a crazy person for thinking the Suns are going to win now. And that is what's the most beautiful thing about being a Suns fan right now. That and the winning. Led by Robert Sarver. There is a little bit where I sometimes kind of feel like we're, we're in the middle of a glitch in the Matrix. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's just like reality's not right right now. Okay. 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 Hold on. So Hold on. before you before you delve deeper into the matrix, we don't need that. Let me ask you this then. So the Suns right now, as we sit here this evening, one day ahead of a huge matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers. The yes. LeBron oh excuse me, Anthony Davis led Los Angeles Lakers, my mistake. Are the Suns for real? Now Six and three. Yeah. Should be eight and one, let's be honest. Whole different conversation again. But are you buying into them right now, Paul, as being legit? Because I think everybody out there listening knows my answer to this already. <laughs> and, like, we could have come back a week after our last pod and the Suns of the O and three, and I'm still like, oh, they're legit. We're, we're fine. So I'm the eternal optimist. You are. I now have actual data, stats, and a record to be optimistic about. Yes. So, dude, I am over the freaking, I would say moon, but I'll say I'm over the sun right now. Okay. 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 You, I know, being the more pessimistic, perhaps some people realistic. would call it realistic. <laughs> agree to disagree on that point. That's fine. But you being the more pessimistic slash realistic one of our duo here, obviously it takes a little more to get you going, a little more to get you excited you wouldn't call me completely insane for saying we'll beat the Boston Celtics this upcoming no. Monday, but you won't necessarily agree with me and say you'll go out on a limb and say we're going to beat the Boston Celtics. So, Paul, so. at what point in this season, if the Suns continue to perform like they have been, and maybe that's not even every nine gin, gin, gins, games they're winning six. Sorry, I'm getting all freaking fired up. Frickin maybe frickin'. it's not even every nine games they win six of them, but they're performing at a level that keeps them in a conversation of legitimacy. Right. How long does it take for that to occur before you, my pessimistic slash realistic friend, sits back and goes, shit, this team is legit. I would say that if the Suns are are still playing at this level, when Aiton comes back, I know that's kind of long, but that's a little over a quarter of the season. And, like, you know, they've played varying number of types, different types of opponents. I have a lot of, I'm very heavily trending that direction strictly because, or for a couple reasons. One, one, the caliber of the opponents the Suns have been playing. It's not like they have had the, they have the hardest schedule in the league. 
strength hardest strength of schedule in the league. And they're six and three through nine games. And I remember going into the season looking at that schedule and going, shit, they might be three and six. And I feel, I feel like you're giving yourself a little more optimistic optimistic credit than you should get because I really I, I don't think you felt they were going to be even that good. It's it's entirely possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I we should we can go back and listen to the tape, but it's probably yeah. I might have been like one and eight, but um, there were you know, it, it was a it's a been a really hard first nine games, and the Suns are making look it look like it's not, which is a very telling sign that they are. This is a corner has turned. And I think a lot of it also just has to do with, to an extent, the way they're winning. Um, I mean, yeah, some of, them are, some of them are blowouts and whatnot. I mean, one thing they haven't done yet is they haven't won a close game. That is one thing that does concern me. It's like they either win or they lose close. Hold so. on, hold on, hold on. So, I'm sorry. that that I, I don't get that. So... They're winning a bunch of games by a lot, but they lose close games, but they've won more than they've lost, and that concerns you? Well, it's just it just concerns me, like, from the ability of, like, you know, let's say we do get to the playoffs. You know, those are going to be really competitive games. They're going to be really close games. Can, you, can they finish a game where there's pressure near the end? I'm just, I'm just saying... Well, why, why, why don't they just win the games by a lot like they keep doing? That would be great. So, but that's problem solved. That's not Paul. how it works. Is it not, though? Do you know that? You don't know that. I know there will be more games that are close wins and losses. You know, th- th- there's a reason a lot of times the, uh, the spread is relatively close. You know, three, four, five points. And I just, I, I know they will be able to pull it out. But the, I just haven't seen it yet. So it's just something that I rationally fear. Speaking of spreads, guess what the Suns' record is against the spread this year? 8-1. and 8-1 and one is right! <laughs> I've got a friend that's super excited about that. Although I feel like Vegas might be starting to figure them out a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Although I think the Suns were favored by 2.5 yesterday against the Nets. So maybe Vegas hasn't quite figured it out all that much just yet. So, okay. Yeah. What is it about this team right now then that makes you think, and maybe you don't think this, maybe it's just your pessimistic side, but makes you think that perhaps they can't continue to perform at the level they have performed thus far this season? I I think, well, actually, honestly, I think it's to an extent... Baines and Booker might come down to earth a little bit. How dare you? <laughs> and it, let's assume. Let's assume that. Let's assume. First of all, Booker probably won't. He's just amazing. Let's he's gonna be Baines, the first member of the fifty fifty ninety club. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> one of four players ever to shoot fifty fifty and ninety through the first ga- nine games of the season. Who are the other three? Larry Bird. Hmm. Steph Curry. Hmm. And I can't remember the third one. I'm going to assume it wasn't Donovan Mitchell. 
It was not Donovan okay. Mitchell. Lu- not Luka Doncic? No. Because he can't shoot threes anyway, but nobody pays attention to that. Different conversation. <laughs> Different conversation. Anyway, um, even if those guys, like, okay, if, if the team continues to perform, I mean, you look at their, you look at their, their net rating and, yeah. and what have you, if the team continues to perform, even if those guys come off of that a little bit. It's still going to be competitive. Right. Neither one of those guys, I don't think, are going to come off of where they're at. To the extent where suddenly this team becomes not legit, which is right. which is kind of what I'm getting at, and, and and with that I think there will be other guys who offset that by coming on a little bit, like right. per, particularly from like the three point shooting. Like Mikael Bridges hasn't really started to hit him. Um, Frank is cold as ice. Yeah, he's I mean, colder than ice when you haven't hit a three in two weeks. Oops. Um, Dario hasn't had been the greatest three point shooter so far. These are guys who are supposed to be spreading the floor th- for us, supposed to be threats, and they're really not right now. So assuming those guys kind of s- bring it up a little bit, that'll offset a little bit if like, if, like Booker and Baines um, re- um, regress a little bit. What if, what if Booker and Baines get better? Sorry, we don't need to go into that. Then we really are the Matrix. Exactly. You really can't get much better than Booker shooting splits right now. Then, then the NBA doesn't need to compete anymore because <laughs> it's all over with. Um, well, well, actually, oh, here's a question for you. Okay. Just to this extent, are the Suns going to stay a 66% winning percentage? Are they going to be a 50-something win team? That's what they're playing at right now. Yes. Okay. I have I have no evidence that tells me otherwise. Do I? No. None. So why should I say no to that question? This is true. And I've, I've already said that if Baines and Booker were to fall off a little bit, mm-hmm. I don't think the team's going to fall off that much. Like, if, if Baines and Booker fall back down to earth, then maybe instead of being six and three, they're five and four. Should be instead of eight and one, seven and two. Fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to live in my own reality, Paul. Let me have that, okay? <laughs> I know. Okay, I've do. been a Suns fan for a long time. Give me my reality. But no, I mean, I haven't seen anything that that indicates to me that the team isn't what they are, isn't what they're showing right now. They are who I think they are, and they're a six and three team right. Now. Yes, and they're a team that has the the ability to win fifty something games now, barring injury. Yeah, then then I I, I I have no reason to think they shouldn't be able to keep this up. And again, it's been against very for the most part really competitive. And it's been without um, what's his name, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Also, Ty Jerome. No, no disrespect, Ty Jerome, but without DeAndre Ayton, and as much as people like or don't like DeAndre Ayton, the fact of the matter is he's. Okay, Aaron Baines is playing out his freaking mind right now. So maybe, and we'll talk about this, the whole when DeAndre Ayton gets back thing, but DeAndre Ayton's better than Frank Kaminsky. How about that? We can all agree about that, right? Yes. Regardless. So if when Ayton comes back, even if Baines is still playing like he is, if Ayton suddenly is the guy that's playing um, and, and taking up those 24 minutes a game that Kaminsky's taking right now, right? Kaminsky, who's averaging more minutes a game than Baines, um, then... But that's because of garbage time. Because the Suns keep winning huge. Right. <laughs> so that's even more reason to think that this team, there's no reason to believe why this team would fall off that much. 
And again, I'm an optimistic guy, okay? Yes. I get it. Reality doesn't always follow optimism. In fact, most of the time it does not. But until I see something that tells me otherwise, I have no reason to think that the suns are going to be worse than a, what do you say? 66% win team. Which is like, what, 54 games? I don't know. You're the CPA, not me. Anyway. Anywho. So, on that note, <laughs> let's see. Okay, we started talking about Baines and Aiton. Yeah. Seems like a logical lead in then to discuss... Baines and Aiton. When <laughs> Aiton comes back... Frank and Baines. What is... Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. You know, if Frank Kaminsky was playing better... That would be a sweet nickname for them as like a center duo. While I, mean, I didn't make it up. Don't. No. Well, you could have just let me believe you did. Someone would call you out on this. Somebody would call me out on it. So, like, so there's there's a topic of conversation that, frankly, a week ago I thought was an insane topic to even bring up, and that is when Aiton gets back from his suspension. Yeah. Does he immediately roll step back into his starting role, or does he have to earn it back? A week ago, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Earn it back by what? Like walking into the building? Done. Mm-hmm. Now? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's something that needs to be discussed a little bit more. And in fact, why don't we discuss that a little bit more, Paul, after we take this quick break? Paul? Yeah? When DeAndre Ayton returns from his suspension, does he get his starting spot back right away? Or does he have to earn it back? And if he has to earn it back, what does it take for him to get it back? And how long will that take him to get it back? That is a lot of questions all wrapped into one. But there's a Go. third option. He doesn't get it back? No, there's a th- the third option. Well, that's, also, that's the fourth option. Oh, so um, many options. But um, the, there's a third option that he comes back. He doesn't start immediately just because they want to get him back up to game speed. It has nothing to do with it's not that he's going to have it. It's just it's not that he's gonna not going to be the starter. But, you know, sometimes when a guy comes back from being, you know, not playing work for a while, back in. they work him back in. Yeah, so, I think I think you could have just if that was your answer, you could have said, no, he doesn't. But here's why. Yeah. So it's not really a third. option. Well, no, but there's also but there's no because the other option is he doesn't get the starting job. So that is the third option. Well, no, because there's... <laughs> let's, there, let's stop. Hold on. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. Before, let's stop before we get into an there's, argument about what the question is. Paul, when, when DeAndre Ayton gets back, does he get a starting job back? Is he going to be back? the starter of the yes. first game back? No. Why? Because I think he needs to earn it. There we go. Okay. And what does it take for him to earn it back? Play, play like he did in the first game. <laughs> Okay. Consistently. So, okay, so, okay, how long is consistently? Five games. So, so if Aiton comes back and goes for 18, 11, and 4 in his well, first well, game back. Well, I don't know. He doesn't need to go 18, 11, and 4 well, because said, I don't think he's going to be playing 36 minutes or whatever he played. Because Baines is going to. I think he played 31. I, that's just off the top of my head. Okay. So he might be. So let's say he plays let's 24. Let's say he, yeah, 24 and 24, yeah. And he goes for 15, 8, and two in his first game back. Is he shooting threes yet? That's a whole different topic. And yes, he is, because I feel like he will. But... I feel but, like he will just because he's like, okay, Baines is shooting threes. I just have to at least try. Well, well we know he can do it. <laughs> yeah. And the well, offense calls for it. The offense obviously allows for it. Why right. not let him do it? 
Agreed. Yeah, right. So, okay. So five games, you say? Like, like okay. If he comes out and he in a in his first two games, twenty four minutes stat line I just laid out. Well, does okay. he earn it back after two games? Well, okay. Well, here's here's the question: How is Baines playing in those games? Is Baines, Baines is playing pl- like Baines. Baines is playing how Baines is playing. Right. Now. I mean, he could earn it, but there may just be you know we don't want to mess with the mojo. How about this? If Baines keeps playing like Baines is playing, and Aiton plays like Aiton played in game one, does Aiton get his spot back? Or do you just start Baines? Or do you start both of them? Oh. <laughs> We're not going down that road either. There are too many people who don't want, who are like, Jonder Aiton is power forward. Is a blah, blah, blah. Why? I don't, that's, I don't get that. I don't. I just, I, like, why do people, do you know why people think that? Can you explain that to me? Like, I, I'm asking, this is an on... Look, I, I, ask, think a lot I of ask a lot of questions because I know the answer and I want you to say something and I want you to go in a certain angle. I think a lot of Because I want to prove you wrong. Hold on. Stop. Let me finish. But right now, I legit want to know, why can't both of them start together? And, and, I, and let's look at it in a vacuum. Let's look at it in a vacuum to start. Just two of them, the two guys alongside each other, not worrying about who's backing up and all that. Two of them next to each other. Why can't that work? I think it has to do with that as the league has trended smaller, have it, neither of them is mobile enough to guard power forwards on a full game basis. That's really, I think that's really the biggest thing. But it, it, I think it's on the defensive end. It, okay, in that regard, is, is, and maybe, maybe he is. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Is Dario Saric that much more capable of defending a four than DeAndre Ayton is? Like, like your opinion. Like, and maybe your opinion is wrong. Maybe my thought process is wrong. People might post comments on this and be like, you guys are idiots. Here's exactly why it wouldn't work. And we'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But as we sit here right now, the dumbasses that we are, like, is, is, is Dario Saric really that much more capable of defending a four than DeAndre Ayton? I don't know. I mean, because I mean, Aiton has in flashes had shown that he can defend mobile fours, like when he guarded LeBron and Giannis last season. Um, but I mean, I think it's more of a scheme thing. I don't know. There, I don't truly understand the people who are so adamant that DeAndre Aiton has to be a center, particularly when all we talk about with every other player is, "Hey, we're in positionless, positionless basketball right. now." <coughs> except but for no, DeAndre, this guy except for DeAndre has to be this one position for sure and I'm not saying and the other part of the argument with that and we've I think we've talked about this before is just the idea of when they say that when James Jones put out there the idea that DeAndre Ayton could play the four it wasn't that is what he was going to play exclusively it was in spots in depending on matchups it may be the most advantageous lineup to have the two larger gentlemen on our roster <laughs> playing in this together on the court at the same time. The plus-sized boys on the team. <laughs> the Giants. Plus, plus, plus with a Z, size. <laughs> Sorry. So, Aiton and Baines are now the plus-sized boys. Okay. <laughs> 
Explain to me now why people don't want the plus size boys playing together. I, I, you know what? Without putting any thought into any of this at all, I love this idea. My answer was not going to be yes, DeAndre Ayton gets a starting spot back, but it is now yes, DeAndre Ayton gets the a, starting power a starting spot back. Why not? Imagine what Suns Twitter would do if Monty Williams did that. I feel like they would all go into conniption fits. <laughs> They'll lose their freaking collective minds. That's that's the other reason why I would love him to do that. But, again, why not? Why not? I mean, outside of the whole fact that, you know, what they've been doing is working really, really well, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. That's obviously a reason. But, okay. Let me, let, let's hone it back in here. Okay. If DeAndre Ayton isn't starting at the four. Yeah. Then, then I... I I'm of the mindset. Again, I said a week ago, I was like, that's a crazy question. No, you start DeAndre Ayton over Aaron Baines, but I'm, I'm, I'm on board with letting Baines keep that starting job. And maybe not even for a couple games. Maybe let Baines start. Yeah. Because you brought up the point before we started recording, and that is that Ayton with a second unit. Feast. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Right? Um, at the same time, you've got a guy who's the number one pick of the draft, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, I make that comment very purposefully. Rightfully so. Um, who, who, who uh, without question, is going to be the cornerstone of your franchise, one of the cornerstones of your franchise. Can you have multiple cornerstones? You can with the Suns. Well, there's four corners. Oh, beautiful. So definitely one of the cornerstones of the franchise <laughs> for the years to come. So you, you want him getting those minutes, but at the same time, you want a guy who's going to be a team player, who's going to step back into the system and, and go into the situation. It seems like Aiden go, is. Yeah, right? Aiden seems like one of the f- most like just happy-go-lucky dudes ever. I And honestly, I think that's one of the thing, problems people have with him. Yeah. They, they want him to be freaking Kobe. They want him to be a machine. They want him to go in there and they want him to murder people. And, and never mind. <laughs> I knew where you were going. I'm just gonna leave that. I'm just gonna leave that one. I'm gonna leave that one. Um, no, and, and that very well could be the case. But you know, we've got Devin Booker. We have the we have the um, n- nicer version of Kobe. If you catch my drift, see what I'm saying? So see what I'm saying? So we went from Michael Jordan, who's a huge dick, mm-hmm. to Kobe, who's a slightly less huge dick. Mm-hmm. To Devin Booker, who's like the nice version. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I want to point out what I like you just did right there is put Devin Booker next to Kobe and Michael Jordan in the discussion because that's where he should be. Because, look, if we've established anything through nine games of this season, it's that Devin Booker with other NBA players player on ever. his team is the GOAT. <laughs> He's the greatest ever. I haven't seen evidence that proves otherwise. That's going to be my ongoing theme for this season now. Until I see evidence that proves otherwise, I'm believing exactly what I believe. And right now, 50-50-90. You're going to become a flat earther, aren't you, by the end of this season? <laughs> you know what? If Devin Booker It's not like you've flown around the world. <laughs> I do trust my senses. So according to white truck with the thingy on top of it, uh, maybe I am. But... No, how do we get on this? What just happened? No, no, no. Okay. Devin um, Booker's the goat. But, 
But yeah, uh, Aiton. Yeah. Could he have more of an edge to him? Sure, I guess. But at the same time, he's a young kid. He picked up basketball late, which a lot of people forget. Yeah. Moved to the United States late, which a lot of people forget. Give him a little bit of time, and maybe that maybe that edge will come out. But at the end I mean, of the day... he's not Marquise Chris. He's not Marquise Chris. There's a little less of an edge. We don't need him to be Marquise Chris. We don't need him to assault people at pickup games at local gyms. <clears throat> Morris's. Um, we need him to be a little more aggressive. That's fine. Uh, but ultimately, where this team is right now, like you were saying, that could play right into what this team needs. And that is a dude who's going to come in, check his ego out the door, and be like, I want this team to win. Which, by the way, is exactly what Devin Booker is doing this season. Right. And which is what he's actually, he, Dave actually put out an article today on brightsideofthesun.com where Booker talked about, they, they, they brought Booker potential all-star, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I, 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 I want to win games more than I want to win an MVP. I want to win a championship more. I want to win all NBA or, you know, shit like that, which yeah. is what you want to hear from a guy like that. Right. But you look at his play on the court, obviously it's translating to that's exactly what he wants. He's not looking for his throughout the game. Right, but he can get his if that's what the Suns need him to do. Well, and he, he gets his still because he's that good and he does it within the system. But 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 point being, again, when Aiton comes back, maybe he gets put into a second string role. Yeah, and again, he's the type of personality that I look at him and I feel like he would be fine with that as long as he is still contributing to the team. This and maybe season. that's and and right right. I mean, we're not talking about like okay. Well, Aaron Baines is going to start this year, and then for the he's next not going to become the center Manu Ginobili. R- right? A what? Oh, I got you. Okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, bald and looking like cousin Balky, he'll never look like that. I don't know what you're saying. Um, but no, the Suns have a good thing going. I wouldn't be against them keeping Baines at that starting spot. As a practical Until matter, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen. I do think that you can make the same argument, really, for Baines off the bench as we're making right now for Aiton off the bench, and that is he could also feast on, 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 on second second strings. But at the same time, well, he is more dependent on getting set up. Right. Yeah. I mean, Aiton can create for himself at least, whereas Baines is, you know definitely dependent on others to get him the ball in a in a position to score. One thing that actually would be inter- will be interesting uh to see is I don't know how much you've noticed or how much you pay attention to this. You know, somehow with Baines um becoming such a feathery touch from outside, you know what he's not the most feathery of a touch at? The tipping. Hmm. But do you know who is? DeAndre Ayton? Very much so. Sure. And, I mean, I know two points is less than three. Good job, Paul. <clears throat> you know, because math. But, you know, I don't know how, how many op- t- um, plays have we had where, you know, Baines hit a little too hard right. around the rim and, like, didn't get – didn't, uh, you know, convert the play and then it was, you know, was t- brought back down by the other team and – you know, we didn't. It wasn't a scoring play where you put DeAndre Ayton in that position. Right. That's a 
that's that's two points. Well, and you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see also what Aiden <laughs> does when he when he gets back because, like we talked about, he he got eighteen, eleven, and four for four blocks and a steal in his first game, his only game and so far this season. Didn't even shoot a three. Didn't even shoot a three. I really, really think that Aiden's going to shoot threes when he gets back. I do. Like, if they're going to break, he's been shooting it and shoot rounds in practice, we know, since last year. Mm-hmm. If they're going to break it out, when he gets back, seems like a perfect opportunity because the offense is already doing I want his first doing. bucket to be a trailing three. <laughs> maybe, maybe a four-point play, even. Who knows, right? I don't know about that one. Too much? Am I asking too much? Too much. Um, but I don't know. And then, the takes, one, and then he takes a charge on the next The, the one <laughs> thing I can say, as we'll close this segment, take another break before we close up here, um, is... Regardless of what happens when Aiton gets back, whether Aiton gets his starting center spot back right away, whether Aiton gets his starting center back after a few games, whether Aiton never gets his starting center back, starting center spot back, whether Aiton starts at the four next to Baines. If Monty Williams is making that call, I'm cool with it. And that's 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 something I feel like Suns fans haven't felt in a long time. That is the confidence in a coach to make a decision like that and be like, all right, do it, Monty. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do it a shot. Do your thing. So, Paul, any last thoughts on Baines, Aiton, Frank just, Kaminsky? You want to talk about him too? Uh, I'm just looking, for, looking forward to when Aiton gets back. Well, look, looking forward to seeing where the Suns are at when Aiton gets back. And, and if Paul thinks they're legit. I'm leaning that way. I know you are. You said that already. I, I may, I may lean that way further <laughs> before that point. But I feel like you will. I feel like. But you I, th- will. I think that I feel like I, next time we record. I think that's my drop dead point. I feel basically. like next time we record, I'm going to ask you that question, and your your answer is going to be yes. This team is legit. Okay, that's right. And I'm not talking about like. It's it's summer and we're going to record in a month. I'm talking about next week sometime. Okay, okay. that's my prediction. Okay. So we're going to take one last break before we get into the last segment of fanning the flames. Coming up now that the Mavericks have lost two out of three, is Luka Doncic just a looter in a riot? <laughs> All right, no, no, we're not going to talk about Luka Doncic. Okay, just for the record. Sorry, I threw it out there. If anybody out there got super excited about hearing about Luka Doncic, then I won't say stop listening to us because There's you don't other have to do that, but yeah, exactly. We, we, we're not going to go into that more than I've already gone into that with my little subtle jabs every now and then. That'll come up towards the end of the season when he regresses every month like he does every year. Okay. So 14%. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. <laughs> what I will delve into, what we, we will delve into, is before the break, I talked about how I wouldn't be upset about DeAndre Ayton losing his spot, start, starting spot when he gets back because... If it's not broken, don't fix it. Now, that might come as a surprise to some people because I've been a little bit of an outspoken Aiton supporter. Just a touch. Just a touch. But I wouldn't be mad. And one reason why I wouldn't be mad is because of some stats that Paul tossed out at me. Look at that, Paul. See? I admit when, you know, you bring up points that change my mind. And when I say I admit it, it happened today for the first time ever in our 20-year friendship. (laughs) First time ever. First time ever. And in Vegas when I said, I'm going to do what you tell me to do when I did. And it worked out well. I should start listening to Paul more often. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. 
I'm going I'm to go home and do a little <laughs> self, self-exploration. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean? All right. So, Paul, yeah. those stats that you threw out, throw them out so people at home can understand where I'm coming from with my sudden change of heart when it comes to this whole Baines-Aiton situation. All right. So these are just a couple, um, couple stats about the team as a whole so far in the season and how they rank um, against the rest of the league. So, um, off top, number one in assists. They've had the most assists of any team in the NBA through nine games. Okay. I don't think you need to explain it that much, but go on. Number one in field goal percentage. Uh, Number four in three-point percentage. Number five in total scoring. And then, obviously, what we talked about have we mentioned it today that they're uh, number four, number three in offense and eleven in defense? No, but that's another one you brought up earlier. Or, yeah, no, you're right. right. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. I think one you left out there too is because you said total assists. They're also number one in assist ratio, are they not? I think so. I thought you said that. I think so, but maybe you didn't. I think but I did say that, but now I'm I'm questioning if I was right or not. <laughs> These other stats, though, you know are right. The right? other stats okay. I know just are making, right because I'm making read sure. them. Just making sure. Just making Assuming sure. Assuming Bleacher Report is correct. <laughs> no, I looked them up, too, because I don't believe you most of the time, and, and those are correct. Um, and, 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 again, I think that goes to the whole concept of if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Suns are obviously playing well. Can they play better with Aiton? Perhaps. But... If it seems like it's continuing on the trend that they're on right now and they continue to win at this 66% clip, then, hey, I, I, I'm not going to... I'm like Devin Booker. I'm here to win, baby. I'm here to win. 50, 54 wins. I'm good with that. You know, the, 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 stat, the, the stats the teams are, team is throwing up as a whole certainly show what's working. And, and one thing that we alluded to earlier as well is Booker. Booker. 50-50-90. That's insane. Stupid. The, the the truly stupid stat there is the fifty percent from three point range. I mean, in a couple games, sure. In nine games, that's impressive. And especially when we're looking at Booker, who we all know last year had what we thought was an off year shooting the three. Right. Oh, the third one, and that I forgot. Oh, you know, there's more. The, the other people who have done fifty, fifty, ninety through nine games. Oh yeah, uh, Ray Allen. Okay, I, 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 that makes sense. That makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world because, you know, Ray Allen was really good at shooting the basketball. Particularly from three. Particularly from three. Um, but, but, again, ultimately, that stat line that he's throwing up is, is ridiculous. The efficiency that Booker's playing with is mind-boggling to me. I mean, for a guy who's just a looter in a riot, that's pretty freaking impressive. Like, I want to know what the other looters are doing <laughs> if Devin Booker is getting that as a looter in a riot. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Well, as you alluded to before, you can go look at Dallas. Don't, don't. <laughs> Paul, I feel like you're trying to get me started. Don't get me started. You know you don't want to get me started, right? No, because this will be a two-hour podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. it's already 1130. And I'll get so angry. It's going to be, it'll be bad. You may break my TV. I'll break something. Um, but, but, I mean, you break look stuff. at. Break stuff. You look at, dude, in the last four games, Booker shooting, what is it? Guess. Guess what Booker shooting for three-point range the last four games? Ten for 16. I was asking for a percentage. I was thinking. I, I didn't ask for a percentage. I was thinking percentage. But, no, he's taken 
more than 16. Actually, no. He has taken exactly 16. He has made more than 10 of them. Oh, Jesus. He has shot 75% from three-point range the past four games. He is... That's stupid. He is He is 12 for 16. And he's shooting better than 50% from three-point range while having on his ledger, if you will, the Denver game where he shot one for eight from deep. Well, when you offset that with four games of shooting 75%. All right, go, go ahead. I'm just saying that that's how averages work. Fair, okay, <laughs> fair, fair point, fair point. But, but point being, yeah. Booker's shooting lights out from everywhere right now. He, yeah. he it's it's like it, I watch Suns games right now, and I haven't had the feeling that I have when Booker shoots the ball since. Wait for it, Steve Nash. When Steve Nash shot the ball as a son, you just assumed it was going in. I assumed it was going in, and right now Booker, from wherever he sh- he shot it, he shot he shot a thirty. I, this is what ESPN listed it at. Who knows what it truly was, but 31 footer the other night, like he stepped up. I believe it was just kind of just, just inside the, the sun, the, logo? The, the, the edge of the logo, the sunburst. Yeah. Like yeah, just casually walked up. He's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot from here. Nailed it. I mean, he's playing out of his mind. And I think we really have Monty's system, Monty's coaching and the players around him to credit him for that. Yeah. And well, we also have his buy-in. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, I think part of it is, you know, he knows he has legit players around him and he knows that he was doing more than I think he wanted to in previous seasons. And so he's taking advantage of that. It allows him to do other things like play defense. Right. Here's an interesting analogy I'm going to draw, Paul. Uh Oh, I like this because we talked about this completely on a different different line of conversation before the pod, and it's actually been brought up a couple times, this, this correlation, um, at least the t- correlation of teams, um, on, on Twitter between us and some other folks this week, and that is the San Diego Chargers, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Yeah. Philip Rivers is having a dismal year, right? Yeah, that's a great. He's throwing a ton of interceptions. He's not, not throwing, throwing a lot touchdowns. of touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the past two, three years, the Chargers have had a lot of talent around him, have had a healthy-ish offensive line. This year, they're riddled by injuries, and Philip Rivers is regressing to what you saw him do when the Chargers had zero talent around him because he's trying to do too much. Too much. And when you look at Devin Booker, he put up gaudy stats in his first four years in the NBA. Well, maybe not his first year, but you know what I mean. But at the same time, he was forcing himself to get those stats because nobody else around him was going to do anything to do him any favors. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how you score 70 points when you have a starting lineup of Tyler Eulis, Derek Jones Jr., Marquise Chris, and Alex Len. Yep, that'll do it. That'll do it. When you have nothing else around, you have to you have to force yourself to do what you're capable of doing. Now, in Philip Rivers' uh, 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 realm, it's throwing a football which gets intercepted. In Devin <laughs> Booker's, it was playing at a, a, a level of efficiency that's lower than what he's capable of doing. But now we're seeing well, what he, Devin— He was stupid efficient last year, too. 
minus the three-point shooting. He wasn't this, yeah. Right. But he, he set a career high in effective field goal percentage. But, yeah, and right now I think his effective field goal percentage is, like, close to 70%. Yeah, he's Something like a like <laughs> So, point being, I think I, what I'm getting at is Devin Booker's the greatest basketball of all, basketball player of all time is basically what I'm boiling down to, right? Is that a fair conclusion? Well, I, and this is what Suns fans have known for four years. <laughs> just We're just letting the world know now. No, but... Because, I mean, even Michael Jordan couldn't win with those Suns teams. No, he couldn't. He absolutely could not. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it all harkens back to what we've been talking about for the past few pods since the season started, and that is Booker buying into the system, Booker playing within the system, and I think Booker's just going to... Booker elevating the system. Yeah, well, he's elevating the system, but I think now that he's seen what this system does, he's going to continue to play into it, and he's only going to get better playing in the system. And maybe the, okay, maybe the 52% three-point shooting won't continue all year. Maybe, (laughs) maybe. 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 But he's going to continue to perform at a very high level as long as this system continues to operate. It's not going to go down to the 32% he had last year by any means. And we, we talked about this earlier, and maybe we don't really need to delve into this because I don't know that we're going to come up with any answers. But what the what, what the hell is up with PER? How is Devin Booker not top 20 in the NBA in PER the way he's playing? I don't get that. Do you? I think it might have to do with his usage. Like just with, the, with Rubio coming in and whatnot, and he just his usage has gone down. It also might have to do with <laughs> because the Suns have had a handful of blowouts – he doesn't have the minutes that maybe some other guys have had. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. But, um, you know, he's not scoring 30 on a regular basis. He has scored 30, but... You he know, scored he, 40. I mean, he's he, what, what is he, like, um, scoring-wise, like, ranked in... 25.8 points per game. He's 12th in the league. 12th in the league. Okay, so, yeah, so he's top 12. Um, I don't know how much that has correlation to it. One thing I think we should take away right now is I think you just came up with a new catchphrase of our podcast, Fanning Flames. I don't know. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, so now last episode, yes. Paul, we talked about the six-game homestand that the Suns yeah. are currently on. You would ask me what the Suns were going to do record-wise yeah. in that homestand. I said 6-0, and oh, naturally. Right. Oh, we're, we're doing Mad Dog and... Mike yeah. and Mad Dog again? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I can't remember which which voice do I have to do the high pitch one. You have to do the high pitch one. Okay, I don't. I have no idea how high pitch it's going to be, so I'm going to do this. So I'm going to start when I say the team okay. names because you know I'm going to make it a little easier on you. I'm just going to say the next three games, the rest of this right. homestand. What are the Suns going to do? And I will rattle off for you who they're playing. You say win, loss. And by how much? Okay. okay. You ready? First game, Paul. Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't know. Is that right? Did I do it right? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> All right, Paul. Lakers. Tomorrow. Tie. Tie. Okay. I like it. Soccer game. No, they're going to win by four. Whoa. You, you think they're going to win by four? Yeah, only four. That is the best thing I've ever heard you say. Like, literally the best thing I've ever heard you say. I can't believe you just said that. I'll always choose them to beat the Lakers. Mm, okay. That's <laughs> fair. There's no rationale to that. I just want them to beat the Lakers. So I will believe it into existence. 
I love it. I love that. <laughs> Paul, I'm rubbing off on you, man. Okay. Atlanta. Win by 11. Okay. I feel like they're going to win by at least 37, but that's fine. Um, I don't know. Trey is playing. Yeah, but John Collins isn't. No, but neither is DeAndre Ayton for the same reason. False. Think- false. John Collins took a PED. DeAndre Ayton <laughs> took a masking <laughs> agent. DeAndre okay? Ayton just needed a dump. Boston. Boston. Uh, they did just lose Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Broken hands all over the NBA. Broken this hands. Year. Everywhere. I'm surprised Nate Duncan didn't blame Aaron Baines on that one, too. Like Win two. by seven. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because so, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't have anybody to contain Baines. You know, they used to. Yeah, his, his, his name, name is Aaron Baines. <laughs> 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 All right. So, Lakers win by four. Atlanta win by 11. Boston win by seven. I love all of those predictions, Paul. I think those are spot on, except for the Atlanta one. At least 35 points. At least 35? I think I said 38 a minute ago. So, that might so, have so much. Devin Booker's just going to sit out the second half. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll be up 43 at halftime, and then they'll give back eight points the second half. You know, it happens when you let somebody that I can't think of play. <laughs> All right. Moving on to any final thoughts, Paul. Any final thoughts to wrap up this episode of Fanning the Flames? And don't say I look forward to the next games list, but you always say, oh, he's got nothing. No. I I'm very confused about what it's like to uh, ha- be able to enjoy winning basketball on a regular basis. Yeah. That's it's fair. a confusing feeling. But is it a great feeling? My final thought, I'm going to echo something that Adam Spinella brought up last episode, and that is Phoenix Suns fans, enjoy this team. Please. Enjoy the team. Let's, if, if you're on Twitter, let's stop about the fucking Luka Doncic thing. Let's just leave it. You know Why? Because our team's six and three, and Luka Doncic is a looter and a riot. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. So we'll wrap up this episode of Fanning the Flames. Perhaps, perhaps next episode, or maybe even sooner than that, I might go to this opening, the groundbreaking of the Suns' new training facility, since it's like right next to my house. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw out, we'll throw out a pod. We'll give a little report on what happened there. It's probably not going to be very exciting, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll get a maybe sell- get an interview with your boy Robert, Bobby S. Bobby S. Bobby S. You know, Bobby Savs. Maybe he'll be on the next episode. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I have a weird way of getting people to like me. You people listening might not believe it, but people like me. Anyway, on that note, as we always say here on Fanning the Flames, we really do appreciate you guys listening, putting up with our nonsense, and really, which it is really, really, it is. It, we're a couple of fans that throw this. This this stuff out there every week and every week, every week ish. And we hope that we're having a bunch of fans just listen to us thinking, hey, you know what? This is exactly what my buddies and I do when we talk about the Phoenix Suns, because that's what we're here for. We're here to give you that perspective and we love giving that perspective. So we really do appreciate you all listening. And as always, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay. I'm still at Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. Follow us. Hit us up on Twitter. Hey, the DMs are open. Slide on in. And until next time, depending on when you're listening, don't look at me like that, Paul. Have yourself a good afternoon, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. We are both married. Just a reminder. Just